guys doing it on a sunday um morning i think yeah it's sunday morning i mean come on i'm doing a show i'm recording the show on a sunday morning i mean it's like hey you know can be done never done it before but can be done um how you guys doing this is mo colasso bringing my episode number i don't know what number i'm at but it's in the uh it's i think 80 80s and the 80s i don't know what it is i don't know what it is but hey i hope you guys doing well because as always you know i'm excited about this uh this episode um how you doing you know how you how you doing how you doing how you doing anyways um hope you all doing well because i really want all of you to do well you know that's important that's the most important thing mentally physically everything um uh let's not go let's go on with the show because uh with this episode what the fuck did i just say show it's not a fucking show it's an episode you know where i just blabber and talk about stuff that's on my mind yeah that's what i do right um right so uh i have a few things uh that i wanted to talk about and i said hey you know let's uh, let's get it out uh, right now um first and foremost about uh, i don't want a small talk but i'm really excited about how the weather's doing you know it's winter it's in the middle of winter but winter is like nowhere on the picture like last episode when i remember recording the last episode and i was saying like hey you know i wish winter was canceled and uh, literally you know it's it's it's, it's can- i don't know what's it's canceled um maybe it uh, could happen but march mid of march winter's over for me like mentally i'm totally like hey winter's over even if it's going to snow after mid march for me in my head winter is over summer begins from there on you know in my dictionary like i always say <laughs> in my dictionary mid of march and winter is over summer begins but of course uh, like in some people's dictionary what they did is they lifted uh, they they lifted a whole fledge um groundhog in the air to declare that in 6 weeks winter's going to be over that was crazy man why are you lifting a groundhog like that poor solitary animal is scared of you you know it's a rodent now i don't know some folks they just lifted the rodent up in the air and they said Hey, uh, groundhog, uh, groundhog says that in another six weeks, uh, winter is going to be over and it's going to be spring. Like, why are you lifting a rodent in the air, for God's sake? Like, there are so many scientific tools to forecast the weather today. Like, I don't, I can't name any, but hey, man, you know, there are scientific tools out there that can do that. but these guys they spend their time and energy lifting a very scared rodent in the air to declare the end of winter like have you seen the face of that poor groundhog when they did that it's painful to watch him be so scared now what are groundhogs you know i want to know who these groundhogs are that they're lifting in the air so i went to animal planet and then i found out 
to learn more about the personality of groundhogs. And I found that these groundhogs, these, their bodies adapted to live underground. And in spite of being an underground species, people, human beings, they're lifting up up in the air. They're not aerial animals that you lift them up in the air. Now, groundhogs, you know, after studying a little bit about groundhogs, I just got to know that they have valvular nostrils and valvular ears, which means that these guys can close their ears and close their um, nose nostrils while they're digging so that the dirt don't doesn't get up, you know, in their nostrils or it doesn't get up in the ears. Now, they sleep all went along by going into a chamber underground and dropping their body temperature to that of the surrounding soil. That's what I learned, okay? This is all animal planet. Because I was I was very I was like determined to learn a little bit about groundhogs because hey man, don't lift a groundhog in the air for God's sake. These guys are underground creatures. And then uh, groundhogs, they, 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 they also drop their heart rate from 80 beats per minute to 5 beats per minute. Literally drop um, uh, during winter. And their breathing rate uh, also drops from 16 breaths per minute to 2 breaths per minute. They reduce their body temperature from 99 degrees to centigrade to 37 degrees centigrade. That's a raw drop. That's all during winter. Now, these guys, the groundhogs, they only live for about four to six years in the wild. So short. Their lifespan is so damn short. And these poor animals who live who have lived a solitary life, they live underground. They have such a short life. We human beings, we threaten that. We lift them up in the air and make them scared about, you know, living. Now, uh, it, it's crazy that, you know, we human beings believe that uh, if a groundhog sees its shadow, it goes back in the burrow and it means that uh, uh, it, it is, it, it does, if it sees cloudiness or whatever, you know, a spring will arrive early or some, some kind of crap. I mean, no, don't do that to the poor animal. Like, hey, you know, I wish there were animals. I wish, I literally wish there were animals like a bird or a, a, a rodent, for, you know, uh, who could uh, predict uh, the end to poverty, hunger, homelessness, or call it houselessness. Because, you know, we have no scientific tool to kind of predict when that's going to end. You know, since civilization, which has been there for decades and decades and decades, and so many leaders have gone and come, but poverty, hunger, and homelessness have not ended yet. People are still suffering from that. I wish there was an animal, bird, and rodent to predict that, you know, because we have scientific tools to, to predict the weather, to predict winter, summer, and spring. We don't need rodents there. But I wish, you know, because... Uh, because we keep seeing that the poor keep getting poorer, the rich keep getting richer, the rich get all the opportunities that they can ask for, the poor are deprived of basic respect and opportunities that, you know, that need, that they need, desperately need to make it big. Now, how long is this going to go on? Recently, the World Economic Forum, there was this world, that there is this World Economic Forum, that has an annual meeting, you know, where leaders in government, business, and civil society, they address the state of the world, like, you know, discuss the priorities of the world. 
like, you know, we need to tackle this and that and that and this. So these guys, they keep meeting and still have no solution to global problems like poverty, hunger and homelessness. When are they going to find that? Uh, when are they going to find that solution to that? Because it's 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 not happening. You know, they keep these guys. Climate change is another big problem. And it's it's real. It's real. It's real. So these guys, they travel to these meeting destinations every year and they go to these meeting destinations in private jets. Like, how can you talk about climate change when you're going to travel to these places in your private jets? Like each leader has their own private jets and they get to the place in their private jets. You got to walk the talk, right? If you're going to talk about, uh, if you're going to talk about climate change, you don't go and uh, leave carbon footprints to the area. 50% of the poorest in the world only contribute about 7% of carbon emissions, just 7%. While the 10% of the richest people in the world contributed to nearly 50% of carbon emissions. And I'm not saying this. This is from the Emissions Inequality Organization report. I'm not saying it. Hey, it's, it's a proven fact that the poor have nothing to do. They just have, they just contribute, 50% of the population just contributes 7% of the carbon emissions. And 10% of the richest people contribute to 50% of the carbon emissions. So who needs to be lectured? These guys traveling to places, you know, they need to lecture themselves about carbon emissions rather than lecturing the world's poor, you know? Uh, so uh, that's what I'm saying, you know, uh, because of, and uh, these days, uh, there's so much of inflation all around the world. I'm not talking about any one country. I never talk about any one country, you know. The glo- this is a global problem. And thank thank God for the internet and social media and, you know, the news and the media. We get to see what's happening all around the world. It's not one nation problem. It's the world problem. Inflation is all around the world. Something as small as eggs, like, hey, man, eggs is something so basic. It's a it's a it's a it's a normal, basic, irregular human beings uh, kind of bread and butter kind of food. You know, even that has doubled, uh, not doubled. It has gone four times the normal price. Like I, you know, uh, a few months back, I was I love uh, egg sandwiches, boiled egg sandwiches, like hard boiled egg sandwiches. I really love them. Uh, like the, it used to be my, you know, uh, either my dinner or I used to eat it like uh, breakfast. Put a little butter on the bread, um, on two slices of bread and then uh, put nice hot boiled eggs, a little salt, a little pepper, kind of squeeze it. And I love that. It's like my love it. And it's, it's, it's nutritious as well. You know, it's good for you get a lot of protein or whatever. You know, it's good for health. Now, even that, which is so basic, you know, which is so frugal eating, it's so regular eating, even that has gone four times the price. So it's an inflation for real. And this is not only affecting uh, the poor, it's even affecting the middle class people all around the world. And not only eggs, groceries have become so expensive. So we are talking about telling telling these people to kind of, you know, about climate change, you don't need to lecture these people. They have other problems to think about. And even these people that you're talking about are lecturing, you know, the rich keep lecturing or these World Economic Forum leaders keep lecturing. They just contribute 7% of the carbon emissions. Hey, man, it's the rich that you need to uh, 
we are too busy kind of you know managing our lives magic managing uh, trying to kind of manage with our basic necessities so it's like crazy it's like crazy you know so that's what i'm saying you know i wish like i literally wish we had a rodent an animal uh, a bird that could predict an end to poverty uh homelessness houselessness i would call it and um and hunger because these things shouldn't have existed if we had leaders you know who were supposed to kind of bring an end to this what is your job uh, it's important to make housing affordable by emphasizing on you know abandoning single family homes and encouraging living in apartment buildings because or because single family homes damage the environment we all know that apart from that they encourage reliance on driving uh driving away low income people because you know the rich always live together because those are the people who could only afford those single family homes so they drive away the poor people out low income people out uh leading to segregation racism making housing unaffordable what are the rents today can anybody really afford buying a house today anywhere in the world we'll have to live in some rural areas to be able to and i can't live i'm a city girl like you know i can't it's very difficult for me to live in the countryside uh you know i wish i could do it i really wish i could do it but no it just it's not my cup of tea because i was born in the city and i love the crowds i love traffic i love the train i like you know i like basic like i love the noise of a city because that's how i survive otherwise it's uh, countryside is not my cup of tea at all but apart from that you know we need to make housing affordable and that's uh, by abandoning single family homes now every family having two cars per family why is that even required you know if public transportation was really good all around the world we didn't have to depend upon cars at all um so uh nothing against the rich i mean hey man rich people you're doing well for yourself good for you like good for you i'm really happy for you but with 50% of carbon emissions contributed by them they need to do more than just being rich and flaunting their wealth because you know uh uh like you know i was uh, i'm i'm a big fan of george carlin uh the guy's not uh, he's not alive today you know but i still kind of go back and listen to his stuff you know because he's an intelligent guy i mean he was a philosopher in his own right so i remember this um, this bit of george carlin where he talks about how to kind of no you know he keeps saying nobody has ever asked me you know how to kind of end homelessness and then he finds a solution on a set which is brilliant i mean these comedians they're brilliant man they've got a mind that uh, is uh, uh is funny and it's pretty intelligent you know to be a comedian you need to be really um an intelligent person you c- not everybody can be one so i remember this bit you know where uh, he was talking about uh, how to uh, how to kind of end uh, homelessness and i want to play it i want to play it let's listen to this and maybe i'll be on the other side so this is george carlin a war on homelessness is the bit uh and this is his solution to the problem ego since i left to make 
I got just a place for low-cost housing. I have solved this problem. I know where we can build housing for the homeless. Golf courses. <laughs> Perfect. Golf courses. Just what we need. Plenty of good land in nice neighborhoods. Land that is currently being wasted on a meaningless, mindless activity engaged in primarily by white, well-to-do male businessmen who use the game to get together to make deals to carve this country up a little finer among themselves. I am getting tired. Really tired. I am getting tired of these golfing cocksuckers in their green <laughs> pants and their yellow pants and their orange pants and their precious little hats and their cute little golf carts. It is time to reclaim the golf courses from the wealthy and turn them over to the homeless. Golf is an arrogant, elitist game and it takes up entirely too much fucking room in this country. That's right. It is an arrogant game on its very design alone. Just the design of the game speaks of arrogance. Think of how big a golf course is. The ball is that fucking big. What do these pinheaded pricks need with all that land? There are over 17,000 golf courses in America. They average over 150 acres apiece. That's over 3 million acres. That's 4,820 square miles. You could build two Rhode Islands and a Delaware for the homeless on the land currently devoted to this meaningless, mindless, arrogant, elitist, racist, racist. There's another thing. The only blacks you'll find in country clubs are carrying trays and a boring game for boring people. Do you ever watch golf on television? It's like watching flies fuck. <laughs> and a mindless game. Mindless. Think of the intellect. Think of the intellect it must take to draw pleasure from this activity. Hitting a ball with a crooked stick and then walking after it. <laughs> and then hitting it again. I said, pick it up, asshole. You're lucky you found the fucking thing. Pocket <laughs> and go the fuck home. Go the fuck home. You're a winner. No. No chance of that happening. Dorco and the plaid knickers is going to hit it again and walk some more. Let these rich cocksuckers play miniature golf. Let them fuck with a windmill for an hour and a half or so. See if there's any real skill among them. Now, I know there are some people who play golf who don't consider themselves rich. Fuck them! Shame on them for engaging in an arrogant, elitist pastime. Hey! That's wonderful. I love that. That guy's, he is right, you know. Golf, and he's, of course, um, he's talking about uh, one nation. He's talking about the United States. But golf courses are all around the world. I think that's a great solution. Like, why do you need a golf course so big, you know, for hitting a ball in uh, into a hole? Like, I love the way he explains it, man. He's a guy, you know, I wish he was alive. Maybe you'd find he would give, uh, he would, he should be at the World Economic Forum, you know, kind of uh, finding solutions probably. But then sadly he's no more. 
Um, right. So, uh, so since I was talking about, you know, uh, the egg prices, now that's a very basic thing. And, and that's one example. It's not only, it's not only eggs that are expensive. If you've gone grocery shopping, you know that everything is expensive today. So what, what is this behind the eggs? I wanted to find out. And then, uh, then I realized while well, it's doing a little kind of, uh, looking around and reading around, uh, it's the war in the Russia and the Ukraine war. They're the both both the nations are the key suppliers of wheat so because of the war the uh the the supply of wheat has decreased and even if you get uh these grains uh corn and oats and barley that hens feed on uh uh it's it's very expensive so farmers these days uh, because of the rising prices of wheat grains corn oats barley etc because of the war uh they they're not feeding hens because you know they have to pay the energy bills so where do you kind of shift the expenses they prefer paying the energy bills than feeding these hens and because of that uh, uh you know we don't have eggs uh and even if we have eggs egg prices are increasing avian flu is another reason uh uh is you know uh, there are a lot of um these hens that are dying and because of that i think egg prices increase so it's it's definitely it's definitely you know many things that um, kind of has happened now this war and the war that everyone thought that it's going to end in 3 to 4 months it's going to uh, it's almost going to be a year now i think it started in feb last year february last year and it's still going it's almost going to be a year so my heart goes out to people who are really kind of um, in ukraine uh, so many people are being bombarded, innocent people, civilians like you and me, you know, my listeners are all the regular people. So uh, like you and me, basically regular people who are traumatized and bombarded for no fault of their own. They didn't, they didn't kind of uh, do anything to deserve what they, what they're going through. Hope there's an end to the war because both nations have to mu- have to talk communicate a mutual negotiation negotiation to kind of pause ceasefire and end this war it has to happen because weapons are not going to solve the problem that's what i think i mean if weapons could solve the problem uh, could end and end a war maybe you know these wars that have happened in the past iraq afghanistan and name those wars but they would have not gone for decades together if weapons could solve the problem it's not happening. We need to learn from the past. And that's what I'm saying. Because it's not affecting people only in Ukraine or only in Russia. It's affecting people all over the world. War is not a 2023 thing. It shouldn't happen this year. And henceforth, forever. You never win something, you know. And then this talk about, hey, you know, uh, we are going to win this war. Like each country that is in war is saying, we are going to win this war. How do you, how do you fucking win a war? You don't win anything where there's a bloodbath, where people, innocent people are dying. When people are getting killed or when you are killing someone, you don't really win it. You know what you win? You win sports. Sports is a joyful game. You know, it's it's fun. It's people playing, entertaining the world. Sports is something that you win. There's no bloodbath in sports. That's something that you win. But nobody wins a war. It's bloodshed. It must stop. And if weapons could uh, could could end in war, probably you know weapons good created manufacture. 
you know, distribute. Wow, you know, it's it's helping us and was. It has helped us in the past. It's going to help us today. It's not. It's not going to help us. It's only talk, communication, mutual negotiations, which is going to end. That's what I think. And then, um, I mean, this whole thing about you know uh, the uh, there's this um, Olympics, which is going to happen in France next year. And this whole conversation about how we shouldn't be allowing players from Russia to play in the Olympics of in France next year is so sad. You know, I don't know how this conversation has gone there. Because in which way are people in Russia or Russians or uh, people in Russia, living in Russia and or sports people in Russia, any way involved in the war? between Ukraine and Russia. They're not involved. They they are not doing anything. You know, the sports people are not doing anything to create this war. And it, it's not even in their hands to stop the war. It's not even in their hands to say anything against the war. Because if they talk against the government or they talk about uh, against the invasion or the war, they'll fall out of a window. You think they're going to stay alive? They need to shut up. They need to keep quiet. They need to remain silent. They can't speak up against the war. They get killed. So this whole this whole controversy about, you know, not allowing Russian sports people, athletes, to play for the Olympics next year in France is so sad. It's really sad. God forbid. I don't want it to happen. I want it, I want the, the this war to end. But God forbid if these wars go on, which have done, we have seen in the past, it goes on for decades and decades together. Are you going to kind of stop Russian players, athletes from playing any kind of sports for a decade long? Like how long does a sports person's career last? It's the youth, you know. It's the precious few years that they have to really play the game. So you're going to take away all their practice, all their teamwork, all their hard work away from them because of a war that started by one person sitting in one country? I don't think it's fair. It's absolutely not fair. And I hope, uh, you know, I hope people really understand, you know, this because... uh, it's absolutely not fair for players in uh, in Russia to be left out from a global competition. It's really sad. All right, so um, <laughs> I uh, I was thinking about this uh, Artemis One mission, which is a mission to the moon. You know, this was the first. Uh, um, you know, uh, everybody after this this first mission, wherein it was great, great to watch, where this this spacecraft called the Orion, uh, it was sent to fly just eighty point six miles. That's about one hundred and thirty kilometers above the surface of the moon. Brilliant! I mean, I was really, I, I had my eye on that. It was so beautiful to watch a spacecraft go right above the moon. And uh, fly by by the moon, which is great, of course, with no people in it. The spacecraft actually traveled 1.4 million miles on the path around the sun and back on Earth. That's about 2,253,000 kilometers, which is so brilliant. I mean, 
really loved watching it. Uh, you know how you can send a spacecraft to fly by by the moon. I think it was great. Um, you know, and then I love those uh, those pictures that uh, the spacecraft clicked of Earth. You know, while the spacecraft was about the moon and flying by by the moon, it took pictures of the planet, the blue planet that we all live in. Eight billion of us. Wow! It was like you know, hey man, this is great. Like this is really great, but now the next mission of this team is to send people in these spacecrafts to fly by by the moon, like a tour tourism, you know. So the first mission was to kind of uh, send a spacecraft with a camera and kind of take pictures and come back and see how successful this was, a demo kind of thing, and now. In the two mission, in the second mission, they're going to send people because uh, I believe they're going to make a, uh, a flyby by the moon, kind of a tourist destination. So if you ask me, I wouldn't go uh, by the flyby by the moon. I can't afford it, definitely. But if someone gives me a free trip to do it as well, I wouldn't want to go. And I'm a big fan of the moon. I love the moon. But I think I love watching the moon from where I am, you know. Um I think space is a great place to explore. Yeah, it's great to send these missions, the spacecraft, uh, to take those pictures, etc. It's it's a it's great to explore because we want to know about the origins of where we where we come from. You know who we are and how we were made. How how did the Earth come into existence? How did we? How were we created? You know, it's great to learn. It's great to learn, explore. But when people talk about sending folks, you know, on a mission. To the moon is where it's crazy, like um, <clears throat> that's what the next mission is going to do. It's going to carry humans to fly by by the moon. That's what bothers me because every rich people now would say, "Hey, you know, I can afford it. I'm going to go fly by by the moon." And just like how they polluted Earth, like climate change, fifty percent uh, of climate change changes on Earth is because of the ten percent of the rich people. These ten percent of the rich people now will. Kind of, you know, go to pollute uh, uh, the distance between Earth and uh, the Moon. So they're going to pollute space now. Uh, and a recent, and I'm not just saying this out of the blues. A recent report published by the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration found that space could damage the protective layer of the Earth's atmosphere, called the ozone layer, that protects us from ultraviolet. Radiation that space travel, space travel could damage the protective layer of the Earth's atmosphere called the ozone layer, that protects us from ultraviolet radiation. Because if we do more of these flybys, trips like travel, this is your travel destination. Fly by by the moon, pay about a billion dollars, and you get to go around the moon. You know what's going to happen? Space travel, the space travel is going to deplete. The protective layer of the Earth's atmosphere, Coliosan, because every rich people will say, "Hey, I'm going. I'm going. I want to see what's happening out there." So, space travel is murder. It's basically murder, and we shouldn't allow that to happen. No way. That's that should not be allowed. And then, what's happening about these moon-like, uh, moon-like spy balloons that? Uh, you know, that was found in Canada and uh, North America and Latin America. Like, what's happening with that? Like, 
it's it's frustrating like i am a such a big fan of the moon i have a zillion photos and videos of the moon on my phone number of them so when they shot down these uh, spy balloons i was like hey man all these photos and videos on my phone are these is this the moon that i recorded or was that a spy balloon so i had to spend time to kind of really zoom in each of these photos and videos to see whether they were there was it was a spy balloon a chinese spy balloon or whether it was actually the moon like literally you can't trust anything you see now you can't trust anything you hear now you can't trust anything it's chaotic and i don't think you know we should really go and travel in space because uh, our planets the planets out there the suns the stars the uh, uh the moons of each of these planets they're so busy project management and project management it's a, it's a huge project out there they're doing so much work out there you know the speed the light the uh, the path the orbit everything is calculated you know they have they're doing a project management of them let them do their jobs there you know we need to stick on the planet that we originated from rather than going and polluting and disturbing uh people working i mean the planets working there planets moon stars etc working there but of course it's a good idea to explore through telescopes space telescopes uh spacecrafts etc that's great the artemis one mission was great you know uh and as i always say like i wish i'd learned learned astronomy in school and we all i think i don't think anywhere in the world astronomy is a subject that is taught early in school like in primary school or high school i think we should, all should be you know it should be part of the compulsory subject uh for all of us because Uh, you know i had to do a lot of reading and research and kind of read nasa or read so many you know maybe books and the websites etc to learn about the universe to learn about space and i wish you know that uh, astronomy was if i was an education minister today a global education minister i would make astronomy a compulsory subject for everybody because Astronomy is about the planets, the stars, the moons, galaxies, the universe. It's not about physics, you know. If uh, you can teach it in a different way because it's it's spiritual learning. It's about nature. It's about um it's about our rational thinking. It it brings empathy. It brings observational skills. Um you know, our math gets better. It we we are able to value the beauty of the night sky, value the beauty of the day sky may it makes us explorers naturally you know because th- the more i read about the universe and space it makes me a better person i feel you know I be, I, there's uh, it just brings out the good side of every, it can bring out the good side of every individual make everyone believe in science and technology and that we are made of the same and that we are made of the same material that exists in the universe you know i wish i'd learned astronomy in school really you know i would be a better a much better person I would not have to wait so long to realize that we are made of star stuff. You know, we all made of star stuff. Whatever's out there in the universe, we're made of the same material. Uh, which is brilliant. It's like, wow, you know. So literally if I could, I would make astronomy uh a compulsory subject in school today and early in school like kids. 
like what we learned was just you know star the moon the, the earth like basic you need to really dig into you know that we are all made of matter which is made of molecules which is made of atoms and that the atoms that we are, uh, that we are made of it's also there in the stars it's the same material so our sun has the same material that it is inside us that the iron in our blood the calcium in our bones and the carbon in our muscles were created in the stars across the universe how beautiful is that like you know wow So astronomy is not a study of a thing far away from us. Astronomy is actually a study of our origins and I think you know it must be taught in school. I hope that changes very soon. We need to learn about the planets and how they project manage so well. Like all of them are so busy up there and we want to take a spacecraft and travel fly by by the moon and pollute space. Hey man, that's not happening under my watch. <laughs> that's not happening under my watch. No way. It's not happening under my watch. Nobody wins a war. Nobody. Nobody. It's never going to happen. It's a lose-lose situation. And I hope this war ends very soon. Uh because um and the only way that I can see uh looking at past experiences of the war etc it's only through talk communication negotiation that's the only way i think it's ever going to end uh right so um you know i have this um <laughs> um like you know when people ask questions like you know tell me something about yourself or um uh like you know what is your favorite music or what are your hobbies or uh, shit like you know uh like what do you like to do during your free time i find those questions so so difficult to answer like i can't really i don't know what to really say you know when someone asks me those questions like if they, even if someone out of the blue is like what music do you listen to i can't think of any singer i can't think of any music i can't think of any genre i can't think of anything in the point point and time i come from a place where as kids you know my gang of friends used to kind of say you buy that you buy the spice girl cd you buy uh the def leppard speed cd you buy uh, you know uh backstreet boys cd and then what we'll do is we'll burn each other's like you know we we'll copy it and then uh because we didn't want to spend it all you know once and then we used to kind of copy burn series uh, you give me yours i copy so that we have all music together so i come from that place but when someone asks me hey what music do you listen to i have no answer tell me something about yourself i don't know what are your hobbies i don't fucking know so um and that's how i came up with this uh you know with this uh just a nobody that's my favorite answer and i think it's a very powerful response when someone asks you know tell me tell me about something about his overhead what are your hobbies what are your music you listen to <laughs> i'm like hey you know i'm just a nobody and they're like you know they keep okay fine and uh, they back out it's a, it's a very powerful response like they don't uh they don't don't ask and that's how i came up with 
you know, this, uh, this name to my podcast, Just a Nobody. It's a very powerful response. People don't know how to counter that answer. They don't ask you anymore. And I think that question is very ironic to ask people, tell me something about yourself. Don't ever do that, you know. It's like crazy. It's, it's a very silly question. It's a very silly question. That's what I think, but I don't know. It's like a traffic jam when you're already late. It's like a no smoking sign on your cigarette break. It's like 10,000 spoons when all you need is a knife. It's like meeting the man of your dreams and then meeting his beautiful wife. Isn't it ironic? Don't you think? A little too ironic. Yeah, I really do think. It's like rain on your wedding day. It's free ride when you already paid. It's good advice when you just didn't take. And who would have thought? It figures, yeah, it's very ironic to ask somebody, tell me something about yourself. Because if that question is ever thrown to me, I'm like, hey man, I'm just a nobody. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. The question is crazy. It really, it really ticks me off. Um... Yeah, I just want to kind of uh, spend a few minutes to talk about uh, Turkey and Syria, uh, the massive earthquake there. I really am praying so hard and I'm really amazed by um, by uh, these rescue workers, you know, from around the world, international efforts, people from all over the world. I love how we all come together to help. And that's what, you know, so hats off to these rescue workers working tirelessly to pull out people out of the rubble. Um, I'm just praying for people who have, the families of people who have died. It is so sad. I think the numbers is, they expected to be around 50,000 people, uh, both in Turkey and Syria, dead. But I'm happy that, you know, at least there are some, there are some heartwarming kind of videos and pictures that are coming out of people getting rescued. Um, you know, you have adults, you have children, infants getting pulled out after five days. Like I, I just, I just actually a few minutes back, I saw a two month old baby was pulled out from the rubble after five days and the baby wasn't crying at all. Like no crying at all with those big, big eyes, you know, just looking around. Just imagine. Yeah. I mean, it's so beautiful. Then uh people there was this very heartbreaking kind of uh picture of a rescue where a father engulfed like covered up his uh his son under the rubble and the son was found alive after five days and the father died i mean it breaks my heart to see uh all this happening you know there are so many animals like dogs cats have been rescued so hats off to these rescue workers they really you know, doing an amazing job. Uh, uh, but it's really, you know, it's very difficult to really see this destruction through a nat natural calamity. Like, you know, 
I know we all are going to die someday. That's that's the truth. We're born and then there's life and then oh, we're all going to die. But I wish that, you know, death was always by natural causes. Like, you know, we all die, like you and me, everybody, we all died through natural causes. I wish death was like that, you know, that, hey, you know, you died, we we all going to die and you died through natural causes. What a death that is, man. It's so good to die that way. You know, natural causes. I wish no one died because of a disease, natural calamities like this earthquake. I wish no one died through accidents, homelessness, a pandemic, poverty, hunger. I hope no one died through these unnatural causes, you know. I wish death was just natural for everybody. Some people are really fortunate to have that kind of death. Uh, You know, because if that would happen, there would be less anxiety, no depression, and the world would at least be a much better place if everybody, each one of us died through natural, through natural causes and not through unnatural causes like disease, accidents and natural calamities, hunger, homelessness, poverty, pandemic, hunger. It's, it's really, you know, it's, it shouldn't be happening, really. Uh, but towards the end of it, hats off to um, these rescue workers Man, they're doing an amazing job. And international uh, workers from all over the world, rescue workers from all over the world, really coming together to help people, you know, who are trapped there survive, which is so good. And that's what we all can do together. You know, we all need to be peacemakers, I feel. Everybody, talk, communicate, get things done. Weapons are not going to solve our problems. It's just not going to happen. So, yeah, I was just watching it. It's like brilliant to watch um, those images and videos, especially of people being rescued. It's it's wonderful to watch um, those stories. Anyway, today is uh, Super Bowl Sunday, Okay. It's Super Bowl Sunday. And if you ask me what's Super Bowl all about the game, am I pronouncing Super Bowl correctly? Super Bowl, right? Yeah, it's games. Now, I don't I don't understand the game for, like, not even the basic. Like, see, I see, I, I know football. Like, football is a game between two people. I'm talking about the, the soccer. Like, it's, it's a game between two people where you have to just pass the goal. If you hit the goal, that means you kind of, the team who hits the goal wins. Basic, right? Basic math. But Super Bowl is such a complicated games game that I've kind of tried to literally understand the game by meeting people and telling them to write, draw flow charts, draw the stitch, draw the draw the field, and tell me what is a yard, what are those lines on the ground, what is a touchdown, who's a quarterback, what does a quarterback do? Even after going through the, those sessions, I've still not understood Super Bowl or the football, the American football. I just can't get it, you know. And I think I'm always, I've almost reached a point where I've given up. I don't think I'll ever be able to uh, understand the game. But what I like about Super Bowl Sunday is the halftime, the Super Bowl halftime show. Like last year was so good. Like uh, there was... Um, 
there was some great artists like it was a lot of hip hop and this today uh, Rihanna is going to perform after so long and it's so amazing like I love Rihanna like the first song uh, that uh, that I listened to that kind of got me addicted to listening to Rihanna was 15 years back you know when she came up with the song Rehab and I was like this girl is good she's good she's she's really good so Uh and then of course she sang so many great songs after that but Rehab was a song that got me got me to know about Rihanna. Um uh like you know uh, I remember it used to be my ringtone. Uh you know when people call me on my phone they listen to Rihanna's Rehab on the phone like you know it I was so uh, I loved that song so much at that time. and um uh, of course now it's different uh, when people I, I my phone is always on silent because I hate answering calls. but that's a different story at that time you know we were excited to kind of um get called but times change uh so uh so i hope rihanna's going to sing rehab today because it's going to be give me those that nostalgic kind of feeling i hope she's going to sing that song but if, even if she doesn't sing you know i remember the song so well like it's uh, and i'm so happy that rihanna is going to be performing today i'm sure it's going to be a blast it's going to be really good um like you know the song uh, i hope she enters you know singing rehab saying baby baby when we first met i never felt something so strong you were like my lover and my best friend all wrapped in one with a ribbon on it and all of a sudden you went and left i didn't know how to follow it's like a shock that spun me around and now my heart's dead i feel so empty and hollow and i'll never give myself to another the way i give it to you you don't even recognize the way you hurt me do you it's gonna take a miracle to bring me back and you're the one to blame and now i feel like oh you're the reason why i'm thinking i don't want to smoke on these cigarettes no more I guess that's what I get for wishful thinking. Shouldn't have never let you enter my door. Next time you want to go and leave, I should just let you go and do it. Cuz I'm not using like I bleed. It's like I checked into rehab and baby you're my disease. It's like I checked into rehab and baby you're my disease. this is what i expect from rihanna okay as soon as she enters she's going to like rehab baby you're my disease it's been a while since i listened to her uh sing that song and uh, that used to be it's the song is going to make me really nostalgic if she ever sings that song uh because i remember it is to be one of my favorites and it is to be my ringtone it's to be the song that people listen to when they call me on my phone so uh i'm happy that rihanna's uh rihanna's going to uh is going to perform at the super bowl and without even watching it i can say that it's going to be a blast um Right so uh I think that's all that I had with this episode man. Oh. <laughs> it was so fun. It's so quick, you know. I should be doing this more often actually. But the thing is it just doesn't happen. I don't know why. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying. But it just doesn't happen. 
I'm trying, man. <laughs> right. So, um, I just want to thank you guys, man. I've been watching you guys. You kind of, um, uh, listening to a few episodes, a few of you, but thank you so much for whoever you are in whichever part of the world you are. Thank you so much for listening to, uh, the Just a Nobody podcast. I'm so happy that you really do it. And I'm really grateful, man. You know, I'm really very grateful. Like, I just can't say, you know, uh, it takes me as an individual a lot to hit on the play button to listen to somebody or watch somebody. It takes me a lot to really like something to be able to do that. And, uh, and so applying it the same way, I don't know why anybody would listen to this podcast. I really do not know. But I just want to thank you guys for really hitting the play button because I'm really very grateful. I love you guys so much for doing that. Um, I just want to say that uh, if you want to write to me, you can DM me uh, on my Instagram, uh, uh, which is just a nobody pod. That's my handle. Um I'm on Twitter as well. Uh, my handle is at Merle That's M-E-A-R-L-C-O-L-A-C-O. That's where you can find me. And that's the two places that I am. I'm nowhere else uh, because I can't keep up uh, with too many platforms. Uh, but anyways, thank you guys so much. And you can really, you know, I really am very grateful uh, for you to be listening to these episodes. Thank you. Uh, but before we go, of course, I'm going to play the real Rihanna because we're going to prepare for the Super Bowl halftime, right? So um, I'm going to play Rehab because it's a very nostalgic song. It's very close to my heart. I can I can go back in time with the song. So let me just play a little bit about this. I'll be on the other side. Uh, yeah, it is Rihanna with Rehab. Say no, it's amazing what I'm thinking. I don't want to smoke them cigarettes no more. Okay, guys, thank you so much for listening once again. Until next time, baby. Bye, 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 bye. Bye. Mwah.